Okay, good morning everybody. We're back for part two of the seven principles of universal morality. Sharing Torah with humanity. We're exploring the halachic and hashrafic guidelines of when are we permitted, when are we encouraged to share Chachmas Torah with the non-Jewish world, and when is there a restriction? So just to quickly, in the three minutes, summarize what we did last week. We saw the Gemara Sanhedrin that told us there are seven mitzvos for B'nai Noach. Um, then it goes on to say, that a non-Jew who's osek b'Torah is chayiv misa b'day shamayim. So the Gemara had the question, which one of the seven mitzvos is that? So we had two different answers. Maybe it's included in Gezel. And maybe it's included in Gilearius. But either way, it seems to be under one of the Zion mitzvahs b'nei Noach. And it is usher for an Ovid Kochavim to be osig to engage in Torah study. Then we saw the Gemara in Chagiga, where there Rav Ami tells us, Ein Mosrin Divrei Torah Le'Ovid Kochavim. We are not allowed to give over words of Torah le'ovid kochavim. Shenemar, and this we derive from the Pasuk in Tehillim. Lo'asachein lechalga yumishpatim bal yadum. That the mishpatim, the laws of the Torah, are for our knowledge, but not for their knowledge. So, ein mosrin the divrei Torah le'ovid kochavim. Tosos there is bothered by the question, why do we need, why do we need, uh, an Isser of uh, passing on or sharing Torah with an Akum, we should learn now from the Gemara Sanhedrin. If the Gemara Sanhedrin said that there's an Isser for a non-Jew to be osik with Torah, so then if we were to teach Torah, we'd be in violation of Leif Neidr. Just as much as a Yid, we do not discriminate. So if I saw Christmas decorations, let's say, right? You can't, you can't sell that. Why is that live neither? Because it's not a problem, you're They're just decorating the house. Right, right. The Chai actually has a halacha. He wanted to know if a Jew theoretically is in the, uh, the jewelry business and the necklaces that seem to sell the most, <laughs> right, <laughs> are ones that he himself may not feel comfortable wearing. Is he allowed to sell it? I just think of them as teeth. <laughs> I, I don't know what anybody else thinks. Listen, when real money's coming in, we can think of lots of good justifications, you know? So, Chayadim is grappling, maybe that's a violation of Leif Neiver. So, he paskins, officially it's not, because the necklace itself is not used as any form of Vodazara, they're not worshipping the necklace. So, it's a symbol. It's a symbol of something that obviously we don't believe in. So, he paskins that Min Hadin, it would be Mutter. However, machur hadover. But it's not a profession for a nice Jewish boy. <laughs> um, so that was the question of Tosvos. Why do we need a special iser of don't give over divrei Torah? If you can't learn Torah, I can't teach you Torah. Leif neiver. So the answer of Tosvos was, it's referring to a situation where there would be no leif neiver. Namely, if you have other non-Jewish sources or people who you can get your Torah information from, 
then by me giving it to you, I'm not in violation of Leif Neiver. Comes along Rav Ami and says, but it's still Asr Limsar Divrei Torah Le'obi Kuchavim. That was Toskos. Then we saw a troubling Gemara in Sota, where the Gemara speaks about the Jewish people entering into Eretz Yisrael. And we know there is a, an interesting tzivui to write down the Torah in 70 languages on stones. And the point of that was, for all of the non-Jewish nations, that they can have access to the Torah itself. So the question we were bothered by was... What? <laughs> what happened to the Gemara in Sanhedrin? What happened, what happened to the Gemara in Chagiga? They can't learn Torah and we can't teach Torah. So we left off with the Me'iri. The Me'iri actually back in Sanhedrin, where he gives a philosophy behind this Isser of a non-Jew learning Torah. Based on what the Me'iri says, the Gemara in Sota may not be that troubling. The Me'iri on the bottom of page 2 told us that the, the main reason why it's also for a non-Jew to be Osik B'Torah is because other people will look at him or her and they're going to assume that he's one of us. Yet he's not fully in and a lot of the information he has is not correct. The lifestyle he's living is not really a Torah lifestyle. And that will lead people away from the Derech Hashem. However, says the Me'iri, like we've seen, for a non-Jew to engage in the study of the Zion mitzvos, that is permissible. Tosvos actually told us in Chagiga, not only are we allowed to teach the Zion mitzvos, but mitzvah ika. There's a mitzvah to share that wisdom with them. That's their obligation. But the Me'iri says... And for sure, kol shikain, if a non-Jew is exploring the Torah and wanting to learn more about it in order to potentially convert, so then of course they could learn even other information outside of the Zion Mitzvos. And he concludes that kol shikain, if a non-Jew is oseku makayim ikre mitzvosehel ishma, they really want to come closer to Hashem and therefore they want to learn more about the instructions of the Torah, even outside the Zion mitzvahs, but they're doing it not just for the curiosity, but because they really want to come closer to the Bariolam. So then the Me'iri writes, that's not a problem either. If they're doing it with sincerity, that would be mutter. So according to the Me'iri, we'll have to see how accepted this approach is. The Gemara in Sota is not that troubling. You could argue, it's true. We were given the commandment to write down the Torah in all languages, for all the nations of Eretz Yisrael to, to learn from, with the intent of they should learn from it and actually apply it to their lives. And that kind of learning, said the Me'iri, is not a problem. Okay. I'm sorry, I just lost in all of last week's discussion. Mm-hmm. Maybe I touched on this, but the original Gemara in that said it might be Gezel or it might be Gilei Arayas. Yes. The Gemara there says Chayim Lisa. So the truth is, the Gemara there in Sanhedrin, when it speaks about the Sheva Mitzvos B'nai Noach, although they have less mitzvos than we do, it's much more Chomor. And therefore, they're Chayim Misa even on Gezel. Now again, the Chayim Misa here 
like the Kesev Mishnah told us, means Tzachiv Misa L'Shamayim Ba'alma. It's not a real capital punishment. But that's actually, but it is so funny. What's that? Yes. So you could pick your poison. You want 613 or you want 7. But if you get 7, each one has a chiv misa. That's what Chazal say, yes. Okay. Now it's interesting when the Rambam speaks about the prohibition of a non Jew being Osik Petoro, he groups it together with the Isser of a non-Jew observing Shabbos. Right, this is on the top of page three. Akum she'osuk b'torah chayiv misa, lo yasuk ele b'sheba mitzvos shelehen bilvad. Right, they're only permitted to learn the, the sheba mitzvos. V'chein akum she'shova, sefidu b'yom yimosachol. If a akum keeps Shabbos, even if it's not officially Saturday, if they're doing it as the religious obligation of Shabbos, Chayim Misa, same idea, that it's the Chayim Misa B'day Shemayim, the Rambam interestingly groups these two halachos together. So we'll have to keep in mind, if they're right next to each other, maybe there's a common thread, hashkafically, that connects the two. Let's put that on the side for a moment. Did we, uh, did we do the Marsha together? Okay. So the Marsha actually, this is the Marsha in Chagiga. He's bothered by the same question that Tosfos has. Why is there a need of Rav Ami to teach us Ein Moser and Divrei Torah La'akum? Every time we teach Torah, it should be Lif Neiver. And he suggests a different answer than Tosfos. The Marsha says, third line, if you look at the context, the flow of the Gemara and Chagiga, it's really speaking about how am I allowed to teach different secrets of the Torah? I have to make sure that I have Talmidim who are, who are Roy. I can't have too many. Whenever you're, you're sharing Kabbalah, you have to do so in a responsible way. And within that context, the Gemara says, Ein moserin la'ovid kochavim. Don't teach Torah to ovid kochavim. So says the Marsha, Rav Ami is not telling us you can't teach any Torah, but rather, Hainu tam v'sod ha-mitzvos. The only restriction that Rav Ami is giving us is, don't share the reasoning and the secrets of the mitzvos. V'afilu b'zayin mitzvah shalahen, and that's true even within the Sheva mitzvahs b'nei Noach, ein mosrin lahem sodan v'taimon. So again, the kasha that Tosos was bothered by was, why does Rav Ami have to tell us anything? Whenever you're teaching, you're also in violation of Lif Na'ivir. The Marsha wants to answer that question by saying, it's not true. You're allowed to teach, it's actually a mitzvah to teach the Zion mitzvahs b'nei Noach comes along Ravami, and he's telling us, even though you're allowed to teach the Zayi Mitzvahs B'nai Noach, there's only, you know, to a particular extent. If you want to get into the Tam and the Sod, even of those mitzvahs, that's off limits. 
So according to the Marsha, this is a different answer than Tosfos, according to the Marsha, it would seem that this Isser of sharing Divrei Torah with the non-Jewish world is, is fairly limited. How many of us know the Tam and the Sod behind the mitzvot, right? <laughs> so it sounds like a pretty limited restriction according to the Marsha. Yes, Matan? It sounds like, according to the Marsha, the only restriction of Rav Ami is Tam Vesod HaMitzvos. Meaning, in contrast to, you want to come to a shear of Halacha. We're going to learn about Shabbos, we're going to learn about Kashras. No problem. One second. That, I don't, that's not, I, I, that doesn't seem what you're saying. He seems to be saying that Vashar Mitzvos, the Zion Mitzvos, you can teach, you can teach no problem. Vashar right? Mitzvos, it is a problem. Like you said, halakhs of Shabbos, whatever it is, stuff that's not going to get done. Oh. In Zion Mitzvah, that's where the thing is. Uh, Tzvi, it's so good to have a lamb in our midst, you know, Baruch Hashem. Tzvi's pointing out, so one second, Rabbi, let's just read the Marsha carefully, okay? <laughs> let's not jump to conclusions. The Marsha seems to be saying that they have a prohibition of learning Torah. And of course, we can't teach them Torah if they can't learn Torah. All the Marsha is doing is answering the question of Tosvos, that we need this added Ein Mosrin Divrei Torah Lovekochavim to teach us, even within the Zayin Mitzvos, where it's Mutter and it's a Mitzvah to teach, Rav Ami is giving us a restriction even within that world that's usually permissible. Beautiful. So according to the Marsha, if anything, right, it's coming out that we could, we could teach Kamat nothing. I can't teach regular Torah because that would be leaf naiver. They can't learn regular Torah. And although I'm allowed to teach Zion mitzvos, I can only teach up to the point where I'm not sharing the Tam and the Sod. That's a contradiction to Meiri. Meiri said you should go very deep with them. Yes, this Masha seems to be against the Meiri because when the Meiri said they're allowed to learn the Sheva mitzvos, and therefore we're allowed to teach them Sheva mitzvos. He said, even though it's true that rov gufei Torah nichlolim bahem, the majority of the Torah is somehow included within those seven mitzvos, they're still allowed to delve into it. Uba partehem and all of their pratim. And all of their pratim. All of their details. Right, so he doesn't say explicitly that they're allowed to get involved with Tam and Sod. Okay. Well, in general, why is it a steer? The Marsha, we're talking about a general rule and the exception. It sounds like the general rule is what the Marsha is going on. And the Me'iri is giving us an exception world where in a situation where there's a guy who's motivated to be misguided or something like that, that's a whole different conversation. I mean, this is a general so the Me'iri really said a couple of things, right? I think Rav Chaim was referring to the first thing the Me'iri said, where he told us that a non-Jew is allowed to learn Zion mitzvot, and not just superficially, but he's allowed to, and he's encouraged to get into all of the details, and if he does so, we're machabit him like a Kohen Gadol. That was even in general? That was, only that was for the Zion mitzvot. Oh, so I think what the Chabra is pointing out is, it could be that the Me'iri and the, and the Marsha are really on the same team. Maybe the Me'iri would agree, even though they could get into the details of the mitzvot, that just means... 
if it's past chetzos and I'm a lefty, <laughs> right? And I have a suffolk, you know, that's protein. Tom and Tom and so that you can't do. Maybe it's there. Okay, okay. But what is there? Is there a Tom and so for every mitzvah, even the obvious ones like gazel and killing and? Oh. Yeah. There's only four so the there's a Nitziv. There's a Nitziv in a few places in his commentary at Chomish in the Emek Dover, where he's bothered by the question, why does the Torah have to write any mitzvah that we would have known intuitively? Right? There are many things that the Gemara says in Erevin that even if the Torah was never given, we would know, objectively speaking, you're not allowed to murder an innocent person. So if we would know it without the Torah, what's the point of the Torah actually telling us this? What's that? Oh, right, euthanasia, abortion, right? Lemaisa, there are so many areas that are gray. That's not what the Nitzib says. You could write your own parish. <laughs> okay. He says, though, because even those things that are pashit, there, there are many different shayas that come up in the halachic realm, and even the tam and the sod are not necessarily the, the reason that we're machaving to. We wouldn't know without the Torah, you're not allowed to steal from somebody. But we wouldn't have the, the depth of why that's problematic. Okay, this may be a deeper conversation of... Objective morality. But Lemaisa, so this is the, the Marshal. The Maratchias, one second. So, according to the Marshal, do we have any explanation for the Gemara and Sota as to how the Jewish people were allowed to write the Torah and translate the Torah for all the nations of the world? You could say, well, it's not the Tam and Sod. Okay, but the way that Svi was reading the Marshal. Tam and Sod is only giving us a limitation to the Zion mitzvahs, but generally speaking, they can't learn Torah and we can't teach Torah. But, again, they, 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 but we need to have a path of access for a guy, for a guy who wants to be misguided, the exception to the rule. Meaning, this is a general rule of thumb. It's Tom guy who just, you know, I learned science by day and Torah by night. If it's, just a, if it's some trivial, you know, intellectual pursuit, then, then they're not allowed to learn Torah. But you have that that maybe the since, to learn Torah for the right since the whole intention of translating the Torah was to hopefully inspire them and bring them closer to Hashem, maybe that's the, the heter. Perhaps. Perhaps. In other words, you need the avenue for a guy to be misguided. So stam, guy can't just learn Torah because it's not, it's not available for them just to learn. But if, if they want to mm-hmm. discover Yiddish guy and they might be inspired to be misguided, then they need an avenue to be able to do so. So maybe that was the rationale behind translating the Torah. That's how you explain the Gemara and Sota. Okay, okay. It can also be that, yeah. that maybe you're not only like access in another way, so not only is that like the Yerusha, but maybe it's also not like the teaching. Well, it's interesting. Pashib Shad, when this Gemara is speaking about the Jews translating the Torah, at that point in history, there was no other way. Right to have that information. Yeah, but the, and the issue is him learning it. It's not. It's not. It's not the issue of me teaching him. Now saying he's not allowed. Yeah. Oh. So, so, so in the Marshal's world, it's not poshid. Can you read it and not learn it? No, saying, read it like a novel. Oh. So I want to get to the Marat's Okay, we're going to have a couple of things flying around, and then hopefully we'll 
put it together. Oh, that's a great question. This was a big, uh, a big discussion, and it's probably a machlokus between the approach of the Mishnah Bura and the Chazanish. Right? When you find the, uh, the Torah of a Rishon, right? the Meiri is one of the great Rishonim, but it wasn't really part of the limit of Klal Yisrael until later on, do we give it the same level of chashivas? Right? On one hand, you could argue, why should it be any different than the Rashba? They were written, you know, they're both Rishonim, they're both very chashiv. Elamai, we had the Rashba for the last 700 years and we haven't had the Meiri, why should that make for a difference? They're both authoritative. The Chazanish felt that that might be true, but when it comes to Halacha Lemaisa, if you don't have a Rishon that was really part of the base Medrash discussion for hundreds of years, where people could be mefalpel and talk about it and debate it and ask kashas and give tirutzim, that it doesn't have that same, that same chashivas halacha v'maisa. That was the approach of the chazanish. Mishnah Bru is mashma, he doesn't necessarily make that distinction. Not a lot, but you know. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Let's take a look here at the Naratzchias. Ratzchias actually quotes from, he doesn't like the Marsha, he doesn't want to say that the only restriction of Moser and Divrei Torah La'akum is uh, referring to Tam and Sod. He quotes the Sheet of Mikubetis and Ksubis, the very bottom here of the Ratzchias, where there's a distinction between Torah Shebichsav and Torah Shebalpeh. His opinion is that Torah Shebichsav is not a problem for, for us to teach the non-Jewish world. Torah Shabal Peh is. Okay. Why, why does that distinction make any sense? What's the difference between Torah Shabal and Torah Shabal Peh? Oh, so it could be that Torah Shabal Peh is viewed, you know, the whole, the whole drasha we had the Gemara in Sanhedrin is, it's a morasha. It's something that's, that's given to Klal Yisrael. Torah Shabbat Peh is clearly given to Klal Yisrael to the exclusion of the rest of humanity. Torah Shabbat Lamaisa, it's written down. Uh, maybe initially people didn't understand it if they couldn't speak Hebrew, but it was, it was definitely translated. Huh? They're allowed to learn Hebrew. And they're allowed to learn Hebrew, yes. So it could be that this whole restriction of an Ovid Kochavim being Osek B'Torah is only Torah Shabal Peh. And we would have no Isser of teaching them Torah Shabich Right? They're allowed to learn it and we could teach it to them. If you take this approach of the Meratzchis, then the Gemara and Sota is beautiful. We weren't writing for them and translating the Talmud. We were translating the Torah. That's not a problem. Okay, interesting approach. That's the Marat Chiyas. What's that? Couldn't you not write the Talmud at that point in history even for a Jew? That's true, based on a different restriction. That's the Gemara and Gittin. Can't write down Torah Shabal Peh. So then why would I guess, so according to him, why would you need this Gemara? Well, all, all, all the Gemara is doing is having a conversation. How did we write down the Torah for all the people living in Canaan? It was more of a technical discussion. 
All the Echronim ask in that Gemara, how are we allowed to write it for them in the first place? The Maratzchias would answer, that's the Horsh Bechsav, that's fine. Okay. Now you could argue, how far does that go? If you have an art scroll Chumash, right, we spoke about the Halachas of Shnai Mikra Echad Targum, so any translation that's based on Torah Shabal Peh is considered Targum. I could read the Pasuk twice, and I could read the article translation. I mean, I would say Shnai Mikra. So would you say, therefore, if they're reading the article translation instead of the King James translation, so maybe that's not just Torah Shabbat Sam, that's already bordering on or getting involved in the world of Torah Shabbat Peh. How, how much of a, of a limitation do they have? Interesting question, according to the world of the Meratzchiyas. Okay. Let's jump to the Nitziv for a moment. This is the Merome Sada, the commentary the Nitziv has on the Gemara. The Nitziv has a different approach. He says, if you read the Gemara in Sanhedrin carefully, it says that a Ovid Kochavim Ha'osek B'Torah Misa. Anyone who's ever been in a yeshiva before, or the Rosh Hashiva is giving a shmuz on how to learn Torah. What's the go-to source for that shmuz? Ah, the Taz and Orachayim Mem Zayin is medayik in the Lashon of the Baracha. doesn't say, Sher Kiddushob Mitzvosav, to Lilmo Torah, unless you're Sephardi, it does say that. Okay. <laughs> but for Ashkenaz, it's Lasok B'Divrei Torah, the mitzvah is Amelos, Mitabren. So comes the Nitziv, and he says, that, that's all the Gemara Sanhedrin is talking about. Namely, the fourth line of the Nitziv. Halashon ha'osek b'Torah mashmo shema'ayin k'dei l'chadesh horoch. That Ovid Kochavim who's osek b'Torah, meaning they're getting really, really deep into the Torah in order to be machadesh halacha. That is Osir. Wow. That means reading an article Chumash or even opening up a translation of the Talmud and trying to make heads and tails of it would be no problem whatsoever. The Imkain concludes in itziv, Hayishuv Pashid Dekan Hosif. So, what exactly is Rav Ami adding? He's adding She'ein Mosrin Divrei Torah of Filu Halachos Pesukos. That the only restriction a non Jew has is really getting deep and being machadesh Torah. Learning Torah superficially, opening up the uh, Rabbi Badner book on Muktza, learning from uh, anything else, no problem. Rabbi Ami comes along and says, you, the Jew, are not allowed to teach even halachos pesukos. So if they want to read the Rabbi Badner book themselves, no problem. If they want to open up the Shabbos kitchen and learn about all the different opinions with Shehiyah and Chazorah, go for it. Why would you want to do that if you don't have to know that? <laughs> but go for it. But for you to teach them the same exact book, that, that's what Rav Ami is telling us is not okay. <clears throat> so according to the Nitziv, and this is getting very complicated, Baruch Hashem, we're going to put everything together hopefully and organize it. But according to the Nitziv, their restriction of Lima Torah is very, very limited. Our restriction of teaching Torah is, is broader. We can't teach even halachas psukos. Okay.
Now this would answer the Gemara and Sota as well. Why would this answer the Gemara and Sota? We're translating the Torah for the non-Jewish world. So for them to read it is no problem. So, but maybe that's considered a word teaching because we're translating the Torah. Okay, yesh lion. I want to share with you a tshuva though of the Sri Deish. The Sri Deish, we'll have to speak about at greater length one time. His biographical sketch is very interesting. Talmud of Slobodka, and then he was very involved with many different things in his life, and he has very interesting tshuvas. So, let's jump here to page five. This is a tshuva that someone wanted to get his opinion on teaching in a university a course on Talmud. And we mentioned, actually, that Rabbi Yisrael Salanter was trying to include the learning of Talmud in the curriculum of even the secular universities. So, the Sri Deish says that a few decades ago, when I was appointed as the professor of Jewish law in the university in the city of Gison, Gison is somewhere in Europe. <laughs> so I wrote a whole tshuva on the subject. And the truth is, I was asked a similar question from Harav Taitz, Shlita, and I wrote a tshuva on the subject as well, Rav Taitz. It reminds me of a story. In, uh, in Kew Garden Hills, right, there used to be the shul known as the, the, the Taitz shul, right? It's called Taitz, because Rabbi Taitz was the rabbi. So I had uh, my, my father and stepmother were in town once for a Shabbos. We had Sabah and Safta. And I was coming back a little bit later than usual, so, my stepmother was asking the question, oh, where were you? So my wife said, oh, he was speaking in, t- he was speaking in tights. <laughs> they both looked at me. <laughs> what? <laughs> oh, hey. Is that great? <laughs> you have to speak in tights at least once. <laughs> Go to the bylaws. Anyway, so uh, the Sri Deish is saying I wrote a tshuva as well to her Rav Taich Shlita. Are you allowed to have a Talmudic shir on the radio? Okay. So he was asking, I want to make sure this is mutter, <laughs> right? What's the problem? Because gam enam yehudim shomim Everyone's going to hear this year potentially. I'm making it available for everybody, Jews and non-Jews alike. So first he starts off analyzing the Rambam. The Rambam, like we mentioned, places the halacha of a non-Jew learning Torah being aser right next to a non-Jew keeping Shabbos, which is aser. So says the Sri Deyesh, it seems clear that the, the common thread between these two restrictions, he says, mashma, she hu lishmor They come from the same philosophy, namely, we want to make sure there's a healthy barrier between us 
and them. And allowing Ovid Kochavim to keep Shabbos, or allowing Ovid Kochavim Lasok B'divrei Torah, might break down that healthy barrier. Okay. This is the bottom paragraph on the right. He says, Be'ikar Din, though, it appears to me, the only time the Gemara Sanhedrin said that it's Asr for a non-Jew to be Osik B'Torah is B'derech Kavias, consistently. To learn our Svarim with depth, with a melos. And so too, if you teach in that particular way, with Amkus, then you're transgressing Rav Ami's halacha. Shemalamdo gufei Torah, chumash mefarshim, v'talmud mefarshim, by really getting into the chumash with the mefarshim and Gemara, avalahodiya lodinei Torah, ula ha'iram ba'or ha'emes, but to share with them some of the halachos of Torah, and to enlighten them within the truth of Torah, that's mutter. That's not problematic for them, and it's not problematic for us. He says more than that, it could very well be, if you do it in the right way, Right? You're giving them a new appreciation of what the Torah is. From an outsider, some things may look strange or, or funny, so by you teaching them and giving them a little bit of an insight into the Or HaEmes, that could be a Kiddush Hashem. He says, Baruch Hashem, I found the Merome Sada, the Nitziv, who seems to say the exact same thing, that the only Isser of Ovikochav and Osek B'Torah is Bederech Iyun, but otherwise it should be permissible. Nowadays, he writes that the whole issue of Lif Naiver is no longer problematic because there are so many different avenues, so many different ways to access the, the knowledge of Torah. So Lif Naivir does not seem to be an issue. And therefore, teaching Torah as a professor, even though you'll have non-Jews in the class, or giving a shir on the radio, even though some non-Jews may be listening, you're not doing so ba'amkus with depth, and therefore there's no problem. He goes on to say that we find many Gedola Yisrael who wrote Svarim in the language of the land in which they lived. Why did they do that? Because not everybody spoke Hebrew. So they wrote it in, uh, in Arabic, or in Yiddish, or nowadays in English. Even though now anyone could pick up that book and read it, there's no leaf naiver because they have access elsewhere. And uh, usually it's not really in-depth, so there's no problem of... Being Moser Divrei Torah La'akum. No, no, no. He's saying. Why do you No, theoretically, if you were writing something that was in depth, then you potentially could be in violation of Leif Neiver. But he's saying since they have access to it elsewhere, and likely what you're writing is superficial anyway, right? You're not getting involved with it. So then it should be permissible. I want to tell him from earlier in his, in his piece here that, that you can teach them the result of a Gemara. I mean, you can teach them Allah Habsi. 
but, but they're not allowed to delve into that process and reach the clarity on their own. Meaning, well, he would say even more than halacha psukah. Halacha psukah is aser, mutter, if you have this much possible kiss, then you have to wash and bench. He sounds like he's going farther than that. Right? He, he seems to be siding with the nitziv that the only restriction they have is, is the, the the amkus. Right? Now he does conclude his piece by saying, listen, bismanenu, and it's interesting when he wrote this, he said, Lemaisa, we see there's a lot of sinas Yisrael. Anti-Semitism is on the rise like it always is. And therefore, we have to be very careful not to push somebody away who wants to know more about what we're doing or why we're doing it. And he says to realize that, first of all, you have the Marsha. The Marsha said that it's only a problem to share the Tam and the Sod of the Torah with the non-Jewish world but teaching generally would be okay. The way he's quoting the Marsha is not exactly the same way that we learned the Marsha, okay. But he says, we also have the Me'iri, the Me'iri who told us that if a non-Jew is learning because he's sincere, he's genuine, he wants to come closer to Hashem, that's also okay. So putting everything together, Bishas al-Chak, if you feel that the overall equation could be a Kiddush Hashem, there, there's what to rely on. Oh, the hour is late. The hour is late. Let, let's, let's conclude. Let's conclude by just uh, making a quick sikum, a summary, after we do the tshuva of, of Ramosha. Just to note, the Marsha says the same thing as the Me'iri, that if someone is, is interested in being Megayer, then there is no restrictions in teaching them Torah as well. That was the Marsha's opinion. Even so, that's open territory? So the Marsha doesn't go that far, but he does say that as long as they're interested in being Megayer, then you're allowed to teach them. And he brings a riot from the Gemara and Shabbos. We're not going to have time to delve into that, that Gemara. Let's conclude with Ramosha, we'll make a sequel. Ramosha speaks about the case where you have non-Jewish children in the classroom. <clears throat> right? Let's say the, the father is Jewish, the mother is not, or maybe she thinks she is. He has a case here that there is a reformed conversion. So we, we want them to be involved with Judaism and hopefully we could be Megayer them. They already have an interest, they, they identify themselves as Jews. The problem is, technically speaking, Am I allowed to give the shear, knowing that there are other, other people here besides Yidin? So this is what we mentioned actually last week. Ramosha is medayik from the words of Ein Mosrin, Divrei Torah Lakum. What does that mean, Ein Mosrin, don't give over? Dafka shikavanaso lemosram laakum. Avokish shikavanas halome divrei Torah hu lelomdam ba'atzmo. But if your intention is, either you're learning for yourself or you're teaching a class of Yidin, it happens to be other people might be listening because they're sitting in the classroom or getting back to the tshuva, the Sri Dayesh, they might be going on the same radio station or website and also learning. But if one's intention is to teach and to be Makarev Yidin, that's not considered Moser and Divrei Torah That was the opinion of Ramoshan. Therefore, there was an interesting Shiloh that came his way, a young man who was a Baal Tshuva. His mother is 
Jewish, his father is not. And he wanted to read the Haggadah with them on Pesach and explain what's going on. Is there any problem that I'm teaching Torah to someone who's technically non-Jewish? So according to this approach, Ramosha told him, no problem whatsoever. You're doing it because it's the Pesach Seder. You're reading the Haggadah. You're teaching those who are Yidin and those who are not. That's not considered most Rindivrei Torah. Exactly, the exact same idea as the non-Jewish helper coming with the, the older men to the Daf Yomi Shir. Even though he's the one getting into it. But it, it, I'm, not, I'm not in violation of most Rindivrei Torah. So it comes out, we have... What's that? Then when you answer his question, then you are. Right, but I think the way right, but I think the way that Moshe understands a mosrim is that my entire intention here is le mosrim le akum. I'm I'm not here giving a daf yomi shir. Yeah, and and it helps everybody theoretically, unless everyone else is spacing out. He's the only guy paying attention. Does Moshe address the Yiddish? So no, he does not address that. Now, generally, we do make a distinction. The Sridi Eish does mention this elsewhere that even if there's a leaf naive issue, if they're coming anyway, we're not obligated to prevent them from doing an iser. That far, we don't have that responsibility. So halacha l'maysa, right? There are many, many different chilukim and applications and when and where this restriction does apply. Clearly, it's something that we have to be cognizant of. There are definitely heterim out there. The most common cases of a kiruv setting or a classroom setting where you're giving Torah to, to Jews, then you have the Heta Ramosha, and that's usually, I would say, 90% of the questions in this area of halacha, that one tshuva of Ramosha paskins for us. Sometimes it's more complex, and there are nuances involved, in which case we have to really analyze if we have the Me'iri, you have the Marshal, you have the Nitziv, what you're allowed to put together, what's considered potentially Chil Hashem, obviously you want to avoid that. These are some of the, the guidelines for teaching Torah to humanity. Co-workers? Co-workers who are just asking questions. I'm, I'm just curious, right? You, you, you weren't in work the entire month of September. <laughs> right? I only, I only saw you eating your lunch when it was raining. Right. <laughs> Somebody actually told me that, that a, a neighbor was asking them, is there like any restriction against Jews working? <laughs> they see us like walking back and forth to shul every day of the week, you know. <laughs> are, are Orthodox Jews allowed to work? So, so any, any question like that where a non-Jew is coming over and they're interested to know, I think the Sri Deish would tell you, sharing the Or Ha'amis with them to be Mekadeh Shemayim, it's mutter and it's a mitzvah to do so. Don't get into the, all the Kabbalah that you've been studying. But the, but the basic ideas you're allowed to share. Have a great day.